With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. Becoming something better I'm changing Eternally forever I'm a new creature In Christ alone I'm not what I was But so much more It was Jesus Who washed away my past And he gave Oh, my. 
It's that time of year where I'm excited. We're going to be studying the Word of God systematically. It is the closing message of 2017, and this also marks my 30th year of preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be studying, starting in Romans chapter 1, then we're going to go to seven passages and reflect on seven passages. Matthew 4, Hebrews 5, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Ephesians 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Romans 5, and Romans chapter 12. Then we're going to give a healthy exegesis on the book of Romans, and then we're going to give some highlights on the life of David, a man after God's own heart. Let's pray and not delay and get right into the teaching. I've entitled this teaching, Extremes, Extremes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mystery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on that Holy Spirit, which is the educator and the guide that gives me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished, and in everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Extremes. Insights behind the audacity of being extreme as the redeemed. Extreme as the redeemed was our theme for 2017. I think this is a great time to deal with the extremes we witnessed throughout the year from election extremes to racial tension extremes, political and economic downturn extremes. It has truly been an extremely interesting year. And every year around October, I begin to focus in on this one address, the end of the year message. And I am as prophetically sensitive as possible to the instructions of God to give a clear-cut means of conclusive wisdom to guide and be a launching pad for the coming year. And as a pattern thinking when it comes to geology, it is a learned delight to program the year with theological challenges and apologetic appeals that conquest and challenges spiritual growth and renewal. Yet throughout this year, I found myself a little more reluctant to challenge in biblical territories. But more so, this year I wanted to reaffirm the basic core doctrines about Christ. I focused more on Jesus this year. Seems like he was my theme in everything. Like in every lesson taught, in every sermon that I preach, at some facet it was to appreciate his life and ministry. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. And therefore God so highly exalted him and has given him the name that is above every name. It is this glorious finishing for the sake of completing the redemptive requirements that we can experience extreme contradictions and yet maintain a sure foundation in our faith despite the challenges that face us from day to day. And we go further and further in hope while we look not at the things which are seen, but with the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
Oh, bless his name. This year was about maintaining our standards and learning what it really means to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Unfortunately, in this year, there were some drastic and extreme tragedies and transitions. I have never seen in a year like this year many deaths, personal family deaths, public and professional deaths, just sudden tragedies, such an extreme exits of, and, and transitions, which we all have experienced. We weren't ready. We wanted to say more. We didn't have a chance to resolve. It wasn't enough to say goodbye. We weren't ready. It was extremely a difficult year. It seems like we talked to someone one day, and the next day they were gone. And even in the midst of wanting to emotionally collapse, there was an inward stability, something reassuring us not to cave in and give up despite the anguish and the questions that we still have. And throughout Christendom in the United States, it seems like we've seen such great contradictions. We have seen corruption at its best. As if the ancient text and the agenda of our spiritual development never existed. Spiritual leaders involving themselves in political propaganda in such a, 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 in such a crazy political circus that is taking place in our day. Highly driven ethical leaders contradicting their own messages. Speaking and supporting non-ethical and traditional political puppets bent on leadership under the disguise of political patriotism. It seems as if the righteous resolves and the holy standards have gone out the window with platforms and money and secret organizations, which we have forsaken for the sacred. No one can trust nobody. There's an electronic epidemic of emotional relationships over real authentic relationships. No one's connected. We could go on and on about the issues that appear to be extremely moral and ethical deficiencies, depriving this generation from thriving and growing into cultures of faith and authenticity. But at the end of the day, that would serve no purpose. We must become extremely radical about results. And for this, we thrive on a simple foundational passage found in the epistle of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, which states, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Extremes, extremes, extremes. It is my delight and thrill to dialogue about the conclusive wisdom for this year. Let's focus on an exegesis of Romans by the Apostle Paul, which was written, the first one received as an epistle or a letter to the church. And let's articulate his penmanship. Paul 
other than the book of Hebrews, uh, the book of Romans is the strongest theological book in Scripture. It's offering practical applications to the outward expressions of our faith. In other words, this book is the foundational understanding of what it means to be saved. From the Roman road of salvation to revealing righteousness imputed through Christ, we discover salvation at its best. And if ever we're going to experience the extremes that we expect to happen in our lives as a result of us receiving Christ, we must be presented with this day-to-day -day interaction of the need to be saved through faith as a gift of God, not that any man should boast. So throughout this book of Romans, and throughout this devotional text, we are devoted to God so that we can experience the supernatural by the enlightenment of the mind and encourage esteem and development to enforce the evidence of the word of God as we encounter power beyond the norm to live godly. So the book of Romans appeals to us to eradicate a sin consciousness and break forth to righteousness of God in to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith this this excites me Romans teaches us us that the gospel is the catalyst of our salvific experience oh bless his name it is the power of God that rescues us from a world of wickedness and releases us to be sent uh, to to be sent to a world of faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were seen were made by things which do not appear. And here it unlocks three resolves that we should grasp for the year, from this year, and then perhaps five revelations that will advance us in the coming year. Let's begin. Three simple resolves. Number one, we must resolve to align ourselves to a word-ruled reality. When Jesus was tempted and led into the wilderness after having developed a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, he was attacked by, by the devil and, and, and the tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus answered him a powerful position, which we use to support our resolve to a word rude reality, that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is this, Reality and necessity of God's word that advances us. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The just shall live by faith. Faith is discovered in the word. So when we resolve to be aligned to the word of God, we learn that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. So our passion then, is unlocked not only in this discovery of our living out the Word of God, but then ingesting the Word of God as our daily bread. It becomes our necessity to live by it, to meditate on it, to give ourselves wholly to the Word of God. And so in Hebrews chapter 5, the scripture enlightens us to the perception that we must be diligent to not only 
be acquainted with knowing God's word, but it becomes our very necessity. If ye abide in me and my word abides in you, John writes, ye shall ask whatever you will and it will be given to you. And so in Hebrews it says, for when, thou, for when the time thou art to be teachers, ye have need for one to teach you again that the first principles of the oracles of God. And ye have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So our second point in this is not only will man not live by bread alone when we align ourselves to the word root reality, but we will live, we will not live on milk, but we would live on strong meat. So we have the milk and meat perception that must be embraced. And it says, listen, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He is a babe. He is immature. But the strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to exercise and to discern both good and evil. So we understand that this resolve aligns us to the word rule reality so that we can develop maturity in the word daily. And it becomes our sustenance, our substance, what we sustain ourselves upon, aligning ourselves to the authority of the word of God. And then we go to Second Timothy because the word of God demands proof. And the scripture lets us know to preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap upon themselves teacher having itch, teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Glory to God. And so in this one, we discover the resolve to align ourselves to the word rule reality teaches us that we survive off of God's word. We sustain ourselves off the God's word, but the source of God's word provides proof that we are able to serve this generation. The second resolve that we have as children of God and that we should have learned this year is the resolve to ascribe to the reality of righteousness. The resolve to ascribe to the reality of righteousness. I love talking about this in Ephesians chapter 2. It says this, verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not that any man, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And then in Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen, it also declares, and I'm just giving you the scriptures before I give you the points, because I think the scriptures are just powerful to have in your understanding. It lets us know, bless the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it also lets us know Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ, 
and have given us unto us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, and have committed unto them the word of reconciliation. Now we then as ambassadors for Christ, as through God did beseech you by us, and we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then in Romans 5, chapter 17, it states and declares that, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more which they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even more so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all them unto justification of life. This lets us know three things that we resolve when we ascribe to righteousness. That one, we were sinners saved by grace. Two, we were made new creations and right standing in Christ Jesus. And then we were made to reign in life through righteousness. Righteousness would be what causes us to reign. These resolves to ascribe to righteousness and the, to align ourselves to a word reality would thirdly resolve to advance redemptive reflection to reality. Because it's not just looking at these things and appreciating it, but now then isolating the relevance of it by appropriating it to our daily walk and to our daily lives. Romans chapter 12 sums it up very systematically. I beseech you therefore by the brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies living a sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What does that say to us? We resolve to advance from a redemptive reflection to reality. How do we do this? We no longer conform to the ways of the world. That's number one. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's number two. And we prove what is good and acceptable and perfect through the will of God. That's number three. What is that saying? We don't just talk the talk. But we walk the walk, and it empowers us through the Lord Jesus to resolve to align to the Word of God as reality, to resolve to ascribe to righteousness, and to resolve to advance our redemptive reflection to reality. Paul's appeal to the Roman church was that they would get the most out of this salvation and resolve to righteousness. It would be the next chapter to the supernatural reality ordained for the believer. This is a reality that is far superior to what we see from day to day. This is walking by faith. Those who have been justified in Christ live by faith. For righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. When we act on what we believe, and when we are led by the Spirit of God that makes us more than conquerors, if God be for us, who can be against us? Extreme times de de demands extreme measures. 
So consider the extreme measures that the Lord Jesus took and portrays in this revelation through this canon of Romans that enlightens us to the power of being separated to the gospel, serving in the gospel, and being saved by the gospel. It is through this that it empowers the concepts of the person of the gospel, which is the man, Christ Jesus. The power of the gospel, which is the authentic power of the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the gospel, which is to seek and save the lost. The people to whom the gospel was created for everyone that believeth. And then the particular results, which resolve to live by faith and not by sight. Extreme insight on what it means to be saved, we are justified by faith, empowered by grace, sealed with the spirit of promise, which unlocks unlimited possibilities. And this is what will advance us. And it's with these advancements that we will consider these five revelations as we conclude. First, the advancement we seek in this life will come as a result of prioritizing God in our lives. The advancements that we seek in this life will come as a result of prioritizing God in our lives. Secondly, the, the adversary, the devil, goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. We must be diligent and vigilant and sober for the day will declare whether we are devoted to the things of God or whether we're just accustomed to traditions that have been created around God. Thirdly, the availability to serve this present age must become our new ambition. We got to have a passion to seek and save that which was lost. And then the awakening of faith in this generation will begin with the acknowledgement of the Lordship of Christ in our private lives, in our home lives, for he seeks personal relationship and consecration. But fifthly, here is what unlocks the theme for 2018. This is what has been my passion this is what has invaded my mind since September of this year. The Lord gave me one word for 2018. He said that the anointing will make the difference. And therefore, I use that as an illustration, a reflection on the man after God's own heart. We discover in the life of David that God advanced him supernaturally in, in 1 Samuel 16 and in 18 and in chapter 22 we see that after Joshua died and Israel was governed by a series of judges and the priests that the effectiveness of the system was challenged the prophetic leadership 
of Saul, of Samuel the prophet, the kingmaker, was challenged. And the people demanded for a king. Samuel chapter 8, we discovered that the Lord agreed to let the people have their king. But in Samuel chapter 13, God would pick someone contrary to the world's choice. They chose Saul to be the first king of Israel. But God anointed David, a shepherd boy in the field, and had hid him, and he had served. But we see through the fulfillment of prophecy and the anointing that was on his life, that when it came time to stand up and to serve as an example for his generation, God would remember the anointing that was placed on him from Samuel to stand as a fiercely force to be reckoned with, even though he faced a giant named Goliath. He then would be fascinated, and for about 66 chapters write psalms for the Lord and worship and sing before God. He would then also be fascinated with the beauty of the temple, establishing passion for the Ark of the Covenant and the temple, building of the temple. And although he had some frailties and fascinations with the females, he understood the power of repentance in the psalm that he wrote, Creating me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. It would be the actions that he ascribed to from being anointed to serve his people that would become the catalyst of change that would bring about the prophetic fulfillment in his lineage, the seed of David, the man, Emmanuel, God with us, who would for some generations later become a child and and become a son to us, where the government of the kingdom of God would be on his shoulder. And then the seed of David would then walk on the earth 33 years and present the gospel as a catalyst of change, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, bless his name. I feel my preacher coming in me. Oh, glory to God. And then he would endure the cross and despise the shame. And for the joy that was set before him, redeem mankind from their sins so that anyone that would call upon his name would be saved. And at the name of Jesus, we are not only translated from impurity to purity, from carnality to spirituality, we are changed into his very image and his likeness. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory, the anointed one and his anointing. And it will be that catalyst that would cause the church to arise 
so that they could be a city hid in the top of the mountain that could not be hid. Oh, bless his name. Because the anointing, oh, bless his name, makes the difference. It's going to be the anointing in 2018 that will set the church apart as a leading force and a leading focus to the change we seek for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's going to be the anointing that makes the difference, <clears throat> that causes the extreme for the redeemed to be effectuated and realized. So as we go into this new year, we are trusting God. We are <clears throat> tenacious <clears throat> to reflect the nature of God. We will not be timid in proclaiming the word of God because we are treasured as the people of God. We will triumph over the world so that God can get all the glory because the anointing makes the difference. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word did not fall on deaf ears, but it sparked a revolution within our hearts to go further and to make a difference so that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We trust you, and we trace you in these moments. We trace you in these moments, and we trail the trek of faith so that we can see your goodness in the land of the living. We thank you, Lord, that this is the new dawn and the new day because the day star rise in our hearts through faith in you. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And we appreciate you saving us so that we can save the world through your son Jesus. And if he be lifted up from the earth, he'll draw all men unto thee. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the change that is at hand. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. To God be the glory for the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Perhaps you listened to me give you a little historical fact. You, you heard the hype in my voice. At the end of the day, you need to come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Repeat after me, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me. If you just pray that prayer, give us a call at our 24-hour prayer session. 202 709 PC4U. That's 202 709 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.